Hello, it's that time again. It's Coach Mark in Manila here from eslbusinessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. Hope this is finding you having a fantastic day wherever and whenever you are listening to me. So today the topic is IELTS. Now, it's the old time of the year. I seem to be getting more and more students and clients contacting me about difficulties or challenges or worries and concerns they have about taking the IELTS exam. Now, what exactly is the IELTS? else well i mean just a brief overview i would say it is the gold standard of tests um, clearly we have TOEFL and we have TOEIC tests too but IELTS i believe is the most rigorous of all of the tests to challenge and to assess your capabilities as a non-native speaker of english so english as a second or foreign language it is perhaps ruthless in many ways because you may perform exceedingly well in say the spoken section or the reading section but if your listening skills let you down or any other area then it will drag down your overall score because it is all averaged out so it's important that you are competent and effective in all four areas reading writing listening and speaking skills so tonight I've been doing some intensive coaching with many IELTS students and I just wanted to share some of the insights and revelations that they had and I also had as a coach because uh, for me it is very much an ongoing process when I coach and uh, tutor I learn perhaps just as much as you learn from me. Um, it is a very uh, symbiotic relationship and that's a lovely academic word for you to use in your IELTS academic uh, <laughs> essays. Um, symbiotic simply means there is an interdependent relationship between the coach and the student and that's what makes it work. It is very much a team effort. And I believe strongly that, uh, as you all know, I, uh, I very much am an advocate of quantum attraction, quantum coaching and raising the vibrational state. So let's just talk very briefly about that. Um, if we enter into a coaching or a learning situation where it's very formal and serious and perhaps critical or judgmental and people don't feel safe, then I strongly feel it lowers the vibrational energy. And when the energy is low, in my experience, no real new learning can take place. Um, it's not surprising, really, is it? Why on earth would you want to grow and flourish if you're in a very negative and hostile environment? Consider plants growing in a garden. If the soil is poor, if the air is not good, if they're not getting enough water or food, then eventually they will wither and die uh, because it lowers the vibrational energy. We would say, I suppose, that inside the cellular function of the plant, um, the vibrational energy is reducing and perhaps even stagnating and that can only mean death. So it is the same in coaching. Um, clearly, I don't want any of my students to die in a session, um, but you see what I'm saying. Um, I use a lot of quantum energy um, when I coach. Now, that might sound um, strange, for those of you not familiar with this kind of concept of thinking but if you do a little bit of research into this and feel free to google around it and there's some great books um, on my bookstore down below you can check out the link um, talking about quantum attraction and how quantum physics and field theory works um, i hope you'll find this an eye-opening idea and perhaps you might like to try a session uh, with me yourself to experience the difference you can get that through initial-impact.com 
But when I use quantum energy in my coaching, which I do with all of my students online, um, it's very much about changing the signal and the vibrancy that is coming through the screen, literally between us, to enhance the session. Um, it is an exhausting experience for me at times, which is why I don't coach long, long hours these days. Um, in the pandemic, um, certainly when I was trying to reach as many people as I could, um, I pretty much nearly burned myself out. Um, so you have to pace yourself, but the difference can be staggering. Um, so if you want to experience that, then I highly recommend you, you check out the links and perhaps have a chat with me too. So going back to my students, what am I noticing? Um, Okay, top tips for IELTS. Now, if you're doing the academic IELTS, there's two types clearly. There's the general, um, general IELTS, uh, everyday conversation, and then the academic. Academic is a whole other animal. Uh, be prepared for a big step change, uh, but that's not a problem. You shouldn't be terrorized about it. Um, I had a student earlier on tonight from Turkey. If you're listening, you did amazingly well. Um, I'm proud of you. It was the, the first time that this, uh, this young lady had attempted to do academic IELTS writing. Um, it was a 30 minute session. And to be fair, there was a lot of uh, challenges ahead um, when she looked at what she was looking at. Um, you know, there were statistics, there was a chart she had to make sense of. And the key thing that, uh, that she realized, and as I try to explain to all of my lovely students when we start out on this journey, no matter whether you are doing academic or general IELTS, read the question well first. Before you launch into either your answer, whether it be a spoken uh, question or a written question, often we see in writing, IELTS writing, the biggest mistake that is made is students are nervous and they read that question very, very quickly and think they've grasped exactly what they're meant to do. And then they set off writing this very long essay, trying to get, you, you, I would highly recommend, you have to do at least more than 250 words. Um, if you don't, you will score low. Um, so ensure that in your practice sessions, you are creating essays within the time limit of 250 words minimum and preferably much more. Um, but if we do that and then you know, run off and start writing these, these essays, very pleased with what we're doing, if, as it then turns out for this young lady, uh, there was a misunderstanding or she didn't understand some of the vocab in the question, then it meant that her answers and what she was saying at first were incorrect. And that is probably the hardest thing, um, the truth about IELTS. Um, if you don't know some of the vocab, and they use that in the questions, then the chances are you could head off in the wrong direction. Even if you know the vocab, if you speed read and don't fully comprehend quite how they're wanting you to present this information again, you could end up providing something that is totally not right and lose marks. So take your time. I would definitely recommend that you practice outside of sessions to do it to the time limit allowed and break it down into segments. So take the first five minutes to really read that question and thoroughly digest any of uh, the statistics or charts or information that they give you to use as part of what you're going to write your essay about. Um, then spend another portion of your time constructing that essay, okay? And really work on expanding your sentences, you know, and things such as, um, you know, we were talking tonight about statistics. So it's easy to say, oh, there's been a drop in one figure to another or an increase in another. 
but we can do better than that. Um, other words for drop might be decline or diminish, okay? Um, we can, we can definitely use other words, okay? But then you want to qualify how much of a decrease or de decline or diminishment is there. So it might be significant, slightly, you know? Um, an average decline, a massive decline, an exponential decline. So these are going in the other direction, but we are saying they are huge, okay? A huge drop, exponential. Okay, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. So these types of things I would highly recommend you look at with your vocab. Do you have them in your vocab already? And if not, try to get them in and try to start using them. And the other thing that I would highly recommend is this. When we're talking now about spoken IELTS, okay, um, it's important that we expose ourselves to a variety, a variety of subjects because honestly and truly I have to say, um, IELTS examiners if you're listening I apologise but some of the questions that are created are crazy. Um, I had one student way back now uh, from China um, she did amazingly well in the end and uh, she said I was asked to give my uh, opinion <laughs> about um, exploring other planets in the solar system. And she just said, I have no concept or idea or interest in the solar system. And she knew very little vocab as a consequence of that, you see. So she was then stuck in her IELTS to really uh, produce, I suppose, a high level answer. Uh, fortunately, and this is a key thing for you all to understand, that wasn't the only question she got asked and of course she managed to max out more points on the other more general questions that she did have vocab for. But be warned, um, you will get asked some very strange random questions and so my biggest tip for IELTS in general, the general IELTS, is to read widely. Expose yourself to all types of different subjects and matters, whether it be technology or to do with economics, maybe social media, um, models, celebrities. They always want to ask you questions about some personality you know, usually that one comes up. Um, and of course the questions vary from year to year, so you can never be sure what you're going to get asked. Um, also things like uh, preserving of the environment, global warming, um, a whole range of things, pollution in inner cities, the decline. I mean I had a student earlier and um, the decline of towns and villages uh, where people are now uh, all living in cities and we are ending up with like ghost towns. So his essay, he had to write about what he felt about this and the impact it could have on the environment if people are leaving um, the villages and going to live in big uh, conurbations. That's a lovely word, right? Okay. So these were some of the, the phrases that we went through together. And um, he was just repeating the same thing like big cities, big towns. And I'm like, what's another word for big? So we would have large. Okay. So we, we just have to push ourselves to get out of our comfort zone, I would say in IELTS, and think of all the vocab that you're using, and then other other words that can mean the same thing and start to use them. Now, a top tip I'm going to give you all here, and a challenge for you all, is if you are trying to practice for your IELTS right now, please try to access sites where you can do IELTS practice questions. Um, and down below I will be eventually giving some links to a selection of sites that I feel could help you. And what I'd like you to do 
is I would like you to attempt those questions. So speak them, so your answers, I would like you to speak them out loud as if you were being asked that question and record yourself, okay? And I know it's kind of weird and people don't like listening to their own voice, but as I keep saying, you just have to get over it because it's going to be your best superpower ever. Because once you've recorded your spoken answer, I then would like you to listen back to yourself and take notes. I would like you to, in a non-critical way, observe. What are you saying? Are you repeating the same things over and over? Are you managing to say things you know, slightly differently? What are you doing with your answers? And you will work it out. You will say, oh my goodness, I just keep repeating myself. I'm not making progress. Or I'm using the same vocab. Or actually, no, that was a nice sentence structure. I love that. Then what I'd like you to do, once you've made your notes, is I would like you in that same session to do it again. But this time, try to work out how else you could word it. What other higher level vocabs could you swap for? Okay, so instead of a frequent one that comes up is I have students who you know constantly use the word get. I'm going to get a degree, I'm going to get a cup of coffee, I'm going to go and get the children from school. Get, get, get. Now that is understandable because get works for everything pretty much. However, it's very basic and it's not varied enough. And if you're repeating yourself like that in a conversation, you're going to get marked down in IELTS. So how about I'm going to obtain a degree? Okay, later I will be um, achieving success. Okay, I'm going to get the children from school. Okay, or maybe you could say I'm going to collect the children from school. You see the difference? But when we use a variety of words, it sounds better. So it might sound like something like this. Instead of get, 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 we now have something like, well, today I obtained my degree. Later, I will be getting the children from school. I'm going to collect some milk from the shops. Okay. And then I'm hoping to acquire a new language because I'm starting night school. So you can see that we have used a variety of words for get, but it sounds better. And really what we're saying hasn't changed the structure of what we're trying to tell you, but it just sounds slightly more professional or advanced. So have a play around with that. Um, the other thing is I think. Oh my goodness, I think this, I think that, I think the next. Um, really I think is overused again understandably so because it's the first thing you learn um, when you are trying to learn English okay so what do you think well I think this I think that however try supplementing I think with I believe I feel okay from my point of view in my opinion from my perspective frankly speaking strictly speaking honestly speaking okay if you want to be more certain then we go for i know i'm sure i'm certain i'm absolutely certain okay we can really qualify that okay but what i would like you to do is consider how you're using your language and what words and phrases do you overuse so listen to yourself Watch yourself back, make notes, work out how you're going to change those words, then do it again and record it. And the second version should be better than the first. If anything I've said here either resonates with you or you're confused about how to start doing this or just struggling to get the motivation to try, take a free 30 minute Zoom session with me at initial-impact.com 
I'll be happy to walk you through the steps. I can have a listen to you if you prefer to uh, see where things might be going a little bit wrong with either grammar or prepositions or just expanding those sentence structures. The other thing I'd recommend you do is look at your sentence length, both written and spoken, okay? Um, short sentences will not get you big points. So you don't want something that sounds a bit like this, like um, they ask you to describe the best holiday you ever went on. So if you did something like this and said, well, the best holiday I ever went on was when I was seven years old. I went to Portugal. We had a great time. There was ice cream. You know, it's like short, but, but, but. So you want something that sounds more like this. Well, yeah, there were some great holidays I went on. Let me tell you about the time I went to Portugal. So straight away, you can hear, let me tell you about the time. I was seven years old and I was absolutely over the moon to hear that I was going on my first plane ride overseas. Additionally, everybody was coming in my family, my mum, my dad, my brother, the dog. You, you get what I'm saying, but you can hear what I've done there. I've used additionally to connect two sentences together, so I've made it a longer sentence and it's more creative, okay? And I've used an idiom. I was absolutely over the moon. Idioms should not be underestimated. Definitely research idioms, start to use them in the right way and drop them into your conversations and your IELTS practice. Uh, certainly if it's general, academic not. <laughs> Don't use idioms in academic IELTS, please. There's my disclaimer. But certainly for the kind of informal general IELTS, you can use them, okay? And get used to using them in a way that you would use salt and pepper to spice up a dish, okay? Do not overuse them, just like you would not overuse salt and pepper. It's just gonna taste awful. If you overuse idioms and speak every other word is an idiom or sentences are an idiom, that's gonna sound weird, all right? But native English speakers, we do use idioms a lot, all right? So for example, it might sound something like this about your holiday again. I was over the moon to be going. And I can remember the morning when I woke up and I was having to pack my bag and get ready to jump on the plane, okay? And my mum shouted, hold your horses. Don't forget your sunscreen, okay? Gosh, I nearly forgot, but I remained as cool as a cucumber and I went back and picked up the tube and stuffed it in my bag. You can hear those words, all right? Cool as a cucumber, hold your horses, all right? These are the sorts of things you just drop in and they just lift that and make you sound more like a native speaker. The other good thing about this is if you want to build rapport with people, okay, native speakers, maybe you work with international colleagues and you're kind of wanting to feel like you're not so different, then idioms are a great way to build rapport and quite quick friendship. Um, I'll do another podcast about that at another time, how to build instant rapport, but using idioms is a good way because when people hear things that are very native to them, that they use day in, day out, they think, wow, how do you know that? Okay, it makes them feel very warm and friendly towards you and that's important. And that equally is important in the IELTS exam. You want the IELTS test examiner to kind of feel that they like you and this will just give you a feel of kind of more native spoken English. So I hope this has given you a few tips and techniques and pointers about IELTS as I see it. There's far more I can share with you. Uh, such as how to do the listening section and also, also 
how to do the reading section. This is the one that catches a lot of people out because they run out of time. Um, if you don't know how to speed read or scan read, this is a necessary skill to have to survive IELTS reading. Otherwise, if you're reading every single word and trying to digest and translate it across from your language, you will run out of time. So if you don't know how to do that, if that is your challenge and you keep running out of time in your practice, get in touch with me. I can help you. A 30 minute free session, we can give you some of the tips and techniques to manage that and anything else that's stopping you in your IELTS. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And if you love this podcast, please do me a favor, share it as widely as possible with all your friends and family and anybody else who you feel I can help. Um, as I say, I'm here to help you live your best possible life whether that be attracting better wealth, improving your English as a second language, perhaps getting yourself overseas, nailing that interview, changing your resume and cover letter, and ensuring, ensuring that you end up living your destiny as you were designed to be and not getting stuck doing something you hate. Life is way too short to be doing stuff you do not love and to be with people that you do not like. So if this has helped you, please let me know. Drop me an email at hello at initial-impact.com. Even better, get down to my links down below. Please purchase any of the books to help you with IELTS too, because 10% of those purchases will go towards helping me establish the foundation here to help the street kids in the Philippines to also get an education and set up their own mini businesses. Let's get them out of this poverty trap. Also, 10% goes to support independent bookstores and that is vital because we all know that when we are unique and individual like bookstores are that's where growth flourishes so stay unique stay individual and thank you again for purchasing anything today and remember you're only limited by what you think you're capable of doing so go do it I'll see you soon